You're listening to the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, episode number 11. Welcome to the best 20 minutes of natural health education and enlightenment on the web today. This is the Be Healthy Naturally podcast. Knowledge, empower, and elevate are the keys to living a happy, healthy life. With your hosts, often known as the dynamic duo, Dr. Shane Watt, a chiropractic physician, and Liz Watt, a holistic wellness expert. We bring our knowledge and education together to create a new way of thinking to elevate your life and your health. In order for you to live your best life, you have to elevate your learning. All right, everyone, we'd like to welcome Greg Hall to our podcast today. He's from Corazon Mills, and it's an ancient grain company that he has here in Utah. Um, tell us a little bit about your company and how you kind of actually got into ancient grains and things of organic and things of that nature. Sure. Thanks, Dr. Watt. So we do have a little company here in Utah. Um, Corazon Mills is actually a name taken from uh, an area in Afghanistan, that Middle East area where some of these ancient grains have been grown for years and years, hundreds of years. And Corazon is actually the type of wheat um, that has a trademark now called Kamut. Most people are familiar with that. It's It's actually Corazon wheat. We, we bring these grains in here to Utah, grains like Corazon or Kamut, uh, grains like einkorn and spelt. These are ancient varieties of, that people can eat when they can't normally eat other varieties of red and white wheat because of gut issues, perhaps. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we try to be a really clean source of these types of grains here in Utah. And we bring these grains in, sell them in bulk. We can follow up with classes, um, our social media um, pages and things like that to show people use these and are excellent excellent so tell how did you get into this how did you like did you have a store and then kind of trans and then kind of changed into more of this or did you have a health issue and say hey this this helped me and i'm going to kind of try to help other people I learned about health issues because i was working at a bakery great harvest actually here in utah for many years and i've worked at three different bakeries over the last 10 years or so and as people would come into those bakeries, sourdough bakeries or bakeries like Great Harvest and others, um, they would sometimes ask us the questions, well, do you have kamut bread or do you have bread with spelt or some of these other ancient grains? And the question always came up, why are you asking for these types of grains when we have this awesome bread with, made with red or white wheat, right? <laughs> and, the, and the question was always, or the statement was always, because there's someone in my family who can't eat regular wheat. Right. And so we found out, this is, this is the person talking, we found out that some of these ancient grains are more easily digested than red or white wheat. Right. And so I started to look into that over the years. And probably six or seven years ago, I then got in touch with some millers up in Montana, <clears throat> Montana flour and grains specifically, and started to ask them about these grains and Kamut specifically or Corazon wheat. And so over the last few years, we have then partnered with uh, mills up in Montana, up in Idaho, farmers up in those two states and some here in Utah that provide these types of grains that we can then bring into Utah and then sell in bulk here this way. So I don't have a bakery. I'm really just a source for uh, these ancient varieties of wheat that are clean, that are, have lower gluten, that are more easily digested by most people. And so if people have issues with, with gluten, 
they can generally turn to these varieties of ancient wheat if they want to continue to eat products with gluten and be just fine. It doesn't happen with everyone, but for the large majority of people, it's a great, uh, it's a great answer to that question. Well, it's kind of like the, um, I've heard many people say that they can't have stuff here in America, but if they go to Europe, it doesn't bother them. And I think it's just because of, uh, personally, I think it's because the GMO, uh, how, how severely um, that has affected the, the grain industry, if you want to say. But that ancient grain is just, a, it's a pure product, right? It is. And so to clarify what you just said there, there's so many different issues about grains and varieties of wheat and issues here in the States that, that don't have the same issues in Europe. So that's a great um, statement to make and a great question to ask. In Europe, they don't have, um, in fact, they banned GMO. Right. Um, right. They banned um, GMO products, right? And we're talking about the greater European area. But here in the States, those those rules and regulations are so much more lax. And so we have many GMO products, but there are no products in the grains area that you could consider GMO. None of those have been approved here in the States. So there's no GMO wheat or anything like that. The answer uh, lies generally in how the wheat is grown, meaning the type of pesticides that are put on the, on the, the grains. So Roundup always comes up, right? Glyphosate and those types of things. And then also, the hybridization of wheat over the last 60, 70 years has also caused issues, um, studies have shown. And so these grains that we work with- Explain what are, you mean by hybridization. Hybridization would be the crossing of various types of plants, right? Oh. And so when we talk Mix about hybrid wheat- Two or three together to get one. Correct, and so you want certain traits within a certain variety of wheat, right? A great example of that is most people don't like the taste of red wheat, and so they, they hybridized varieties of wheat to, to remove the red bran in the wheat. So now we have white wheat, and it's a much more mild flavor. It doesn't have the harsh uh, texture or flavor of red wheat. And so we now have a white wheat that has the same gluten capabilities of red wheat, but it's a much more mild flavor, and people like it a whole lot more. But hybridization has occurred for a variety of reasons, and others are pest control, um, um, weed control, and things like that. Uh, the size of the stalk has changed over the years so that more growth goes into the kernel rather than in the stalk, right? And so that's great for farmers who have, um, whose goals are to have more yield per acre. So um, a bigger kernel per stock, more stocks per acre. Anyway, hybridization controls a lot of those different things, right? And something has happened in the starches of these hybridized varieties of wheat over the years that has caused people to not be able to eat them. And that doesn't include all of the population, certainly. In fact, studies show that it's maybe 6 to 10% of people who can't handle these varieties of wheat. But media has published this so much that it seems like a much bigger population. The answer to this, though, is what we do. And we bring in these ancient varieties of wheat that have lower gluten, that are more easily digested, and that are pure, have never been hybridized, and so they're clean. And that's what people like. What I want to know is if people do have some gut problems, you know, because we do like, there's a lot of people that still like bread, but they can't really have it. But what are some of these varieties that you carry? For people that struggle with gut problems that they could probably you know try and just see how it works with their bodies right the three um, most popular types and the types that we work with the most 
are kamut or Corazon wheat, einkorn, which is the oldest variety of wheat that we know of that's been um, probably the predecessor to any other type of wheat that we work with. The third would be spelt. And all of these are ancient grains, considered ancient varieties of wheat. There are other ancient grains like quinoa, right, and amaranth and teff and some of these others that you've heard of that are gluten-free. But when we talk about varieties of wheat, we talk about einkorn, kamut or corazon and spelt. And so these are the types of grains that we can make bread with and that have lower gluten. And kind of tell me, because when you make bread, and you know, sometimes a lot of times if you're not having the gluten in there, I mean, the gluten is a binding agent and it, and also it helps so that you can, you know, these things can rise a lot better. How is it different making with these kind of grains rather than just the regular wheat that we're used to? Right. So the comparison is always red or white wheat compared to these ancient grains that we're talking about. And red and white wheat have super gluten. And I don't mean it's off the charts. It just means that it makes a really nice high loaf of bread, right? You can get really nice rise out of red and white wheat. So einkorn and kamut and spelt, they also have gluten, just lower levels of gluten, and the proteins are different. Uh, the proteins that make up the gluten content are different, and so... Right, I think a lot, a lot of people don't realize that there's there's lots of variations of gluten, you know? Many, many variations, right? Right, it always goes back to the gluten in red and white wheat that people have issues with. So then we switch over, if someone were to switch over to these ancient grains, these ancient varieties of wheat, then they're getting a different type of gluten made up of different types of proteins that are more easily digested when you make something like bread, right? And it can be any type of product, muffins, pancakes. Um, the gluten is still there. It's just in lower quantities and it's more easily digested. So uh, it's not all about bread. It's about how you prepare your grains mm -hmm. for your family or for those that you want to feed um, so that you're bringing in cleaner, and more easily digested grains, right? And so just to finish off the, the answer about bread, so these, uh, these ancient grains like kamut, einkorn, and bread with these, you don't get as good of a rise as you do with red and white wheat, but the flavor is amazing. These are hearty, really, really nice grains to make um, bread with. I generally mix them when I, mix, when I make uh, up my bread recipes. Uh, by themselves, they taste great. But when you mix these grains together, it just changes the profile flavor of the bread and of the different products that I make. And they're just, they taste awesome. And not only that, but they're, they're better for us. And so we can make really good bread with these, especially if we get into sourdoughs and things like that. That's what um, I was asking. You, a lot of answers. That what you kind of, because that's kind of one of the things that we've done is done the sourdough process. Because what I think a lot of people miss in the grain side of making, let's say, bread issue is that you know a hundred years ago they didn't have the yeast they used a sourdough process and that broke down all the what would called anti-nutrients and it broke down the grain particle right so it could be digested better now we can just throw it in we can throw in the yeast we can throw the in the yeast and we grind it all up and that's not how <laughs> it used to be done you know a right. hundred years ago it took four or five days before you got the loaf of bread that you were started right now you can do it in, a, in an hour and That's right. the process, but because there's that process, it doesn't have the same break, it doesn't break down the, the uh, proteins like the sourdough process. So are you guys big advocates on the sourdough process? Is that kind of what you tell people how to do it? Is that kind of what you, how they do it there? 
That's exactly right. And so when we sell greens to someone who wants to use them for um, better gut management or better health, we follow that up with classes. And so I teach classes about ancient grains. I also teach classes about how to use these ancient grains with bread. And then the third option would be to how to use these ancient grains as a sourdough process. And so we teach all of that, right? So I always, I always look at the little adage that we have good, better, and best. Right. right. Good is whole grains. Better are ancient grains. And best would be bread or products made with ancient grains used with sourdough. And the reason that's the best, you mentioned it already, is that through the sourdough process, the fermentation process, the, the phytates or the phytic acid in the kernels of wheat or in the flour are broken down to a point where we can then uh, use the nutrients in the grain. Phytic acid or phytates in a kernel of wheat are there to protect the nutrients in the grain. And if we make bread or bread products out of flour that hasn't been soaked for six plus 10, 12, 24 hours, those phytates are never broken down to the point where we, we can use the nutrition in the flour. And so that's why the sourdough process, that's just one, or a fermentation process in bread making is, is actually really good and is really beneficial to us because then we get the full nutrition of the grain. So um, I, one thing it is really people need to do understand though is that when you are making these kind of breads, because I have done this with the sourdoughs and things like that, you do not get the rises like you get with all of these quick yeast breads. And it's harder to, to be able to get these really huge um, loaves of, of, you know, bread that have puffed big, up a lot. fluffy and all that. The, the stuff that we're used to is more of a dense kind of bread. But it also, like when I have like a slice of, um, you know, my sourdough or whatever, after you have it, it's like you get really full quickly because the nutrients are more readily available and you get filled up on it quicker. It's not like where you have a piece of bread and then want to have another one because you're and another one because <laughs> you're you get filled <laughs> up on it very quickly because those nutrients are so available for you. Your body absorbs them and you don't really desire to have any more. That's so true. With whole grains, that's exactly what happens, right? Our body is able to assimilate that nutrition a whole lot better and over a longer period of time, right? Mm -hmm. So the glucose um, goes down and there's just so many benefits to that. Um, whole grains are a challenge to make with sourdough. And when I say that, it's not hard to make a sourdough loaf of bread with whole grains. It's hard to get the rise in some of the um, productivity that you're talking about. But that all depends on how you develop your dough. And that's one of the reasons why we do the classes is so that people can not only understand that, A, these grains are better for you if you make bread, but we also want to teach you how to make a really good loaf of bread using these ancient grains. And so we don't just talk about the mix. We don't just talk about the recipe. We talk about how to develop the dough so that over time, not only does it break down um, the phytates and increase the nutrition and the digestibility, but you do get that really nice rise out of your loaf of sourdough using whole grains or a combination of, of whole grains. And we can do that. And so that's one of the fun things that I do when we teach a class is explain to people how that's done. So how could people like come to a class then? Or yeah, how, so where, I, where are you even located? I mean, I, you, you, so the way we got to know Greg is he was one of the vendors at our Be Healthy Utah Natural Health and Wellness Conference. Um, 
but I don't even know actually where your office is or where your location is. So we're in Pleasant Grove, so central to Utah County, right? And so um, when I teach classes, I travel all over the place, wherever someone wants me to, to teach a class. I actually got a text, text yesterday from someone who wanted a class this Saturday. And if my, if my calendar's free, then I'm happy to do that, right? And so I can go to people's homes. Um, we've set up shop in uh, businesses and different places. Sometimes I can go to um, areas that have a little theater or a room that, that we can go to. Um, everything that we do is out of our home, right? And so uh, I don't really have access to a commercial bakery or a commercial kitchen. Oh, but, okay. but we're really flexible as far as where we need to go or where people want us to go for, for classes. So we go all over the state. I've taught in St. George and up in uh, the Salt Lake area and you know all over the place that way. So it's not a problem for us to meet you or to meet somebody else for a class. And typically what happens is neighbors get together, they bring their family together and they bring 10 or 12 people together in someone's home or in someone's place of business, um, some other building and we, we get together and we teach sourdough or we teach ancient grains or a combination of both or home milling and some of those things that are actually really beneficial to how all this, uh, how, how this works. So just, we just try to be really flexible. So a couple of questions. So when you use the term ancient grains, and I think a lot of people have heard that term, what is the true definition of ancient grain? Because like you said, like the icorn wheat, that's one of the oldest grains there is. But how, how many different types of ancient grains are there? Or is there just a few, a few types available? So when we talk about wheat, there's three or four or five specifically that we're that we always mention and that always fall into that category right. and that's why i'm always mentioning einkorn or spelt or corzon or kamut wheat right emmer would be another one so there's four uh, those are all varieties of ancient wheat okay. and the reason they're ancient is because a they haven't been hybridized right they've never been changed they're pure and they started somewhere else besides the u.s the u.s is a really um new market relatively speaking, right? We've, all, we've only been here for 200 years. And so the U.S. market for wheat is relatively new compared to the European market or the world market. And so these ancient varieties of grains that we get or that we now um, grow here in the States came from somewhere else. They came from the Middle East specifically, around Iraq, Iran, Turkey, right? You've heard of Turkey Red maybe, um, one variety of, of wheat, yeah. And so we're either talking about ancient varieties of wheat or heirloom varieties of wheat. Again, not so old, not 5,000 years old, not 10,000 years old, not 2,000 years old, but um, varieties of wheat or grains that have come from Europe mostly that are heirloom varieties, just like an heirloom tomato, right? It hasn't been hybridized, but it tastes so much better because it, come, it came from an original source. Wheat and ancient grains fall into that same type of category. And so we have ancient grains that come from Peru, like, um, like quinoa or amaranth that comes from South America. Uh, teff comes from Africa. Um, chia seed and uh, some of these others that are now superfoods to us right. come from all over the world, right? And so based on their protein profile and their nutrition profile, there are dozens of them that are either gluten or gluten-free but they're all considered ancient grains because they've, they've never been hybridized and they've, they've never been crossed, right? And in most cases, as for the farmers that we work with, they're also grown very clean, either organically or biologically, so that it's all, it's all clean from the start. 
So do you, um, how, like how many different types of gra grains, ancient grains do you sell then? Like about 15 to 20 or not that many? No, not that many. So we do sell, you know, all the varieties of wheat that we've talked about. Right. And, um, and then we get into some of these other grains like quinoa is, an, is just an amazing um, ancient high protein grain. Amaranth again, teff, um, hemp hearts actually is is one in that category not the same hemp that we talk about right that's that's illegal but these hemp parts that are um, actually really nutritious and from a different type of plant um, just many many there and on our website you know we have a price list on our website and a list of grains that we sell there and that we have available that don't just come from one source i think that's important because we work with different farmers and different mills that supply different types of grains because they're in different type areas of the us so montana grows amazing kamut right up in that high plateau elevation area up in montana southern canada and we get um, really clean varieties of of red or white wheat that are organic not ancient um, but from farmers here in in utah that commit to um, to farm biologically, which means they're not certified organic, but they still follow organic standards. They just don't have to pay or don't want to pay those fees, right? And then we pull from them. Um, they contract with other farmers who also grow ancient grains. And so that web is actually fairly wide. So do people like, can they do like group buys through you or how does that work? Do they just buy just straight through you or can they do a huge group and get a discount? Like how does... What is it, how, you, how is it you have it set up that people can get grains through you? We don't have an online presence. So the way we sell grains, um, we have access all of these grains a couple of different ways. People come to our home and pick up these grains um, either by email orders or by um, contact, contacting us through the website. But we can also do bulk orders and we do that um, many times during the year. A lady just contacted me last month and wanted to do a pallet order for her neighborhood. Bulk orders are the easiest way to do that if you want if you want but we we also sell by the bag right and so we, we uh, uh, people come from ogden they come from st george they come from all over to pick up these grains before we close one of the things that you did at the um conference was is you had a milling thing that you were using like a, a a grinder so tell a little bit about that yeah one of the reasons i brought the mock mill is what it's called to the conference was because I wanted people to understand who came to the conference that it really is possible to go from farm to table when we use these ancient grains, right? And so our purpose being at the conference was to help show people not only how to use these ancient grains, that they were available, but also how to process them when they wanted to use them. I brought the mock mill to show people how we can mill these grains fresh and then take that flour and make, I brought sourdough bread, remember, to that to that conference and um, that was a big hit actually was that I could go from the mill and show people how to mill grains fresh and then give them a piece of sourdough bread that I actually made the day before or the night before with fresh milled grains and there was a combination of ancient grains used there as well as uh, I threw in some white flour again going back to your question Liz about lift in bread right um, but that's okay as long as the, the white flour comes from a really clean source I don't have a problem with that but you're right, the emphasis was ancient grains and it was really healthy food. And it was something that we really believe in. And the mock mill is a, a great tool in 
helping people understand how they can use and process these grains. So I've taken that mock mill now. I use it as the only mill I use at home, and I teach mock mill classes. I teach people how to use the mill and how to how to mill their grains fresh after they buy them from us, of course. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it just goes from start to finish, and that's what we really want to do. So how can people get a hold of you then? Yeah, tell, all right. us, tell us all your information so that everyone has that. Okay. So our site is corazonmills.com, K-H-O-R-A-S-A-N-M-I-L-L-S.com. So corazonmills.com, contact us through there. There's a contact link there. We also have a Corazon Mills Facebook page and um, Instagram page as well. And so the phone numbers, uh, addresses, they're all on, the, all, all on those sources. Okay. Well, thanks, Greg. Appreciate you being on our podcast and appreciate you trying to help people live in a more natural way and go back to the ancient grains instead of the stuff that we have now that is not nearly as healthy. So thanks very much for all the work you do. Appreciate it. Thanks. You're welcome. It's a great story. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, helping to make natural health care the standard, not the alternative. The more knowledge you have empowers you to make changes in your life, and because of this, your life will be elevated. Remember, your health journey is between you and your doctor. This podcast is not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. However, if your healthcare goals are not being met by your current healthcare provider, then take control of your health and please find a doctor who is in harmony with your healthcare goals. If this episode was helpful, and if you know anyone who can benefit from our podcast, share and leave a review. Sometimes all it takes to be our best self is just to elevate our learning.